You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnston. And me, Chris, me, Chris Ridgway over there. You can't just, you can't just well, change the opening script. I can. I just decided to, and I just <laughs> see where it went, and it worked because it totally flummoxed you. <laughs> it really did. Wetter than an otter's pocket out there. Yes, that is a good way of putting it. That's not it? going to be fun training, which the, the boys are just doing at the moment. No, no, it's uh, it's absolutely disgusting outside. I mean, um, I had it on I had it on the radio um, in the car on, on the way over it, and um, they were saying, "Oh, they expect this rain to go on until the early hours of the morning." And I just thought, that's horrible. We've still we've still got I've got to do a lot of work tonight. We've got to go <laughs> over and see Jim, and we've got to maybe see a play, and we've got to do this and that, and it's. That's, oh. Honestly, they say nurses have it tough. Well, I was thinking about just running outside, putting a load of washing up liquid on the car, and at least I get like a free <laughs> car, car cleaning job. I'm not an expert in car washing, not yet. You know, my career could possibly end up there, but um, I don't think that's how car washing works. No, me neither. Um, but we're here to talk about Stockport, Stockport County. Um, last game, a 3-1 loss to Woking at home. A hard one to take. Yeah, yeah, it was, if we're honest. Um <sighs> I think if it, in the cold light of day, um, I look at it and I thought, I think they didn't play better than us. They weren't a cut above. Sometimes, and I said this to, to John um, after the game off air, we, we went for a, a post-match cup of tea. And I was saying, look, there's some games where you look at the team, and this is any team in the world. If you, if you look at your t- after a loss, sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say they were just better than us. Saturday wasn't that case. I hate to single out a player, and maybe I was a little bit overheated uh, on after the game on Saturday because it, because it is frustrating when you know when you're um, when you when you're a fan of a club and you, you've seen a performance like that from a player who who obviously wants to do well. Devante Rodney's coming; he wants to make a good impression, but boy oh boy, you know missing chances like that four times through on goal, no shots on target. I just. It baffles me, and obviously, if one of those goes in, we all know the cliche about goals changing games. But in the cold light, cold light of day, I look at it and think we weren't outplayed by Woking. They were not a better team. They just took their chances. We didn't take ours. How many times have we said over the years? Um, how many times have we said, mate, that if you don't take your chances, you don't win games? It's as simple as that. Um, and and it was point proven on on Saturday. And so I think, as John said in commentary. Uh, it, I, I, I expect to go to Jim tonight and him to say the first thing we did in training on Monday morning um, was work on finishing because it was abundantly clear that's what we were missing on Saturday. But Frank gets another goal. Is that the one shining light from the game? Yeah, I think he he probably would have been a little bit aggrieved, uh, been a bit been a little bit aggrieved not to have started the game. If if I'm completely honest. Um, you know, Jim, he thinks everything through. There's, there's always a reason behind every change. And it made sense before the game. Devante Rodney's got this electric pace. It makes sense to get him on up front and, and see if he can get him behind these defenders. But unfortunately, when he did get behind the defenders, there was no end products. And, and Frank comes on uh, and do, doesn't get behind um, the back four, but does ensure that, that an end product is there. So, again, some more thinking to do for the gaffer, really. I mean, what I liked about Frank when he came on was it wasn't that he 
he took control of the situation. It wasn't even that he managed to get an effort on target. What he managed to do was he brought Devante Rodney into the game a little bit more. Devante moved out wide when Frank came on, and all of a sudden, I think he'd been on the pit. Frank had been on the pitch for about five seconds, and he'd found this lovely little flick on to Rodney, who'd managed to then turn the burners on, get past his man, and get across him. And you think that's what the game was missing. Maybe that's Rodney's best position. So, you know, you, you know us. Uh, and we look for positives every week. And I would say Frank coming on, aside from his goal, provided a little bit more up front and it shows that there's potential for the two of them to work together in the future. Well, yeah, and, and no striker is is going to be happy with missing, you know, one from four like that. So, you know, it'll be, he'll be as devastated as anybody else about it. And, you know, clearly it's just one of those things. But as you say, the biggest frustration is not that he's missed scoring four goals. The biggest frustration is that, you know, given two of them and you're not losing the game. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I say, it's easy for us to say this out from out where we are. I said on the day, you or I could have finished that. Um, you know, they, they seemed harder to miss in some cases. But listen, we've all been there. The ball bobbles around at your feet and you've got to think fast. And <sighs> listen, it's done. It's gone. Um, I, I know that Jim will have, uh, he'll have worked on it. I know that Devante himself will have will have worked on it. You know he'll have he doesn't want that to happen again. You know let let's let's be brutally honest about it. Um, it's not good for anybody if that keeps happening. So let's just say it, it, you know it is what it is. It was a blip at the weekend. It wasn't nice. We were on a good run before that, and I think people certainly I was quick to forget that on Saturday just because it was so frustrating. Barring the York games, if you just look at league games, County had actually been on a fairly decent little run of games. Maybe it could have been better, but there was no losses in there. So, you know, we look forward and um, the, the game coming up on Saturday for me is is one I was actually looking forward to. I've got yeah, Dag, Dag and Red, as they like to, like to call themselves. Um, There's two teams there, that's not fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the, the hard games come thick and fast. You know, they're probably more in the position that County would like to see themselves. Um, you know, I've got... Uh, we seem to be playing a lot of southern teams in the next few weeks, uh, but they're all, you know, in places above county. But they're all teams that county can beat. Yeah, it's not, it's not every week you come up against a former England manager uh, in non-league. And and for me, Peter Taylor, um, I remember at the time, and it's, it'd be easy to say you're just saying this now, but I remember at the time holding him in such high regard and thinking that this is a guy who, um, you know, understood football. And I think, I think if anything, Jim Gannon will be relishing that because. As fans, you look at teams, you know, who's the big games? Who, who are the big games this season? Wrexham, Hartlepool, you know, they're, they're the big games. Chesterfield, they're the ones that we're looking out for. But I, the, the, the players will, will look out for games I've scored there before, so I can't wait to go there. I used to play for that club on loan, so I'm looking forward to playing against them. But I think Jim Gannon will look at who, who are the biggest managerial challenges? Who does he really want to go up against? And I'll bet you Peter Taylor. I'll bet you. I'll bet you that he looked down that fixture list because he'll see that as a real kind of benchmark. Would be unfair on Jim. Jim has achieved a lot in his career, just as Peter Taylor has. But you're looking at arguably two of the more ex, most experienced managers in the division there. Um, so I, I think it'll be a real battle at the weekend, and I'm sure Peter Taylor will know all about Jim Gannon as well. Uh, and that's what makes it intriguing for me. Yeah, how many times have we sat at Edgeley Park or I've sat waiting for you or we've sat in the car park at Imagine or stood in the car park at Imagine and Jim Gannon's just been talking football, yeah. talking <laughs> a, a game that he managed once 
or he's yeah and it, he just you know as all the best managers do he just loves to talk about football and he and he draws on all that experience and you can as you say you can bet your bottom dollar that he will want to impress Peter Taylor on Saturday. We, I, I think it would be unfair to say he wants to impress him, but I, I certainly get what you're saying. I certainly understand the point that you're making. He'll, he'll want to pit his wits against him. It was absolutely crazy after the game on Saturday. Um, Jim was speaking about uh, he, there was an incident in the game. I can't remember which one it was. Something because County notoriously quite good at throw-ins. Unfortunately, at the weekend none of them seemed to come to pass. And we asked him about that off air. And he was talking to us about a game that he'd managed previously, where, and it was almost as if you, oh come on, you remember the game where we where we had the throw in and he passed it back and didn't do the bounce off, and he was talking about a friendly from about nine years ago, and it was just it, the guy, it was amazing, you know, for for, for us to, to to kind of stand there and just take that into appreciation. I have no shame in admitting. I, of course, I don't remember that game, but but the way I'm I'm not a manager, do you know? I'm I'm not paid to stand and make those decisions, and uh, that's you know okay, bit of a blip, bad spell, whatever, call it what you like. Um, this Saturday, I think we'll bring the best out of Jim Gannon. Uh, Stockport County are a team that we know have got talent in them. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them bounce back. Well, let's hear your interview tonight with Jim Gannon. Jim, uh, back at Edgley Park, it's a very, very wet Thursday evening, so I won't keep you for too long, but tough game at the weekend against Woking. Uh, they've gone away with three points. Just just break down what you saw for us. Um, in the end, it was a tough experience for us. Um, I don't think it was a particularly tough game, in a sense, what what was ahead of us, but uh, uh, in reflection, I felt we looked lethargic, we look, several players looked like they lacked energy and drive and desire. Um, I can only put that down to fatigue and, and perhaps the culmination of the week's efforts. Um, I perhaps could have seen some of those things coming because I, I, I recognise similar performances in similar players when we had a scenario of particularly tough midweek games and, uh, and back-to-back games where. So perhaps I, I should have freshened it up. But then when the team's playing well and it's integrated and showing signs of cohesion and quality, what you don't want to do is make changes just to freshen up but lose the thing. So it's a tough one at the moment. Um, and it was a tough game to take because on reflection, I felt that we also gave them the possession very easily, um, defended naively um, on all the goals at different stages in the build-up. And um, can't be, we can't be giving away possession that cheaply. Um, leaving holes that cheaply and people leaving people unmarked, um, you're going to concede. So really disappointed because it, it, I was looking forward to being at home after all the away games we've played. And the way that we played away from home, I thought our fans would be excited and proud of our team when they see them playing because they're, they're working hard, they're looking solid, they've got a little bit of cut and thrust about them, they're capable of scoring goals. And then Saturday came around and it, it didn't look like that team that, had done so well in the previous games. So that's uh, a big disappointment for us. No excuses this week. Um, free week, no travel. Uh, lads have trained really well. Um, I've got a massive problem in terms of 20 players who've trained really well Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. And how do you distinguish between them all? Because all the lads who've been playing are right at it. And all the players who were see perhaps seizing the opportunity now that the team might be positions might be up for grabs so massive thing for me to, in terms of um getting the team right um 
but I'm also quietly confident that they're all playing well. Um, I'm not putting anybody that in to the team on Saturday or into the 16 because we've got 20 players to whittle down to 16, decide on the start of 11, but they've all got a justifiable case for, for playing. And um, So I'm looking forward to Saturday now because it's a, it's a real opportunity for us to, to get back to winning ways. You've, you've almost taken the next two questions uh, away from me there. Um, the idea of freshening the team up when you've got such a, a deep squad, like you say, 20 players to pick from there, and the fact that you've got a free week. Let's just start on that free week. It wasn't just a Saturday and a Tuesday last week. It was the two furthest games combined on a Saturday and a Tuesday. How do you, how do you make the most of the free week this week, if you like, knowing that you don't have the away games? How do you, how do you go around training when it's, when there's not all that travelling? Uh, training is much better when you don't have that. You can, you can do some specific work on your own team to, to consolidate or improve something. You can work on the opposition. You can um, nail down some, some skills, crossing, finishing, uh, defending crosses, bits that you haven't been able to do in, in, in terms of just only having one session between game after game. Um, I think, you know, last week was particularly unique in terms of the travel. Um, could argue that's probably about a quarter of the travel we did in the whole of the season before um, in terms of league games. But um, no, these, these, are, these are part of the challenges and these are part of the things that stretch Play, the professionalism of everybody at the club and the, the energy of everybody at the club. So um, we won't have many tough weeks like that. Uh, we have to accept that there is a, a you know, a cost to that travel. Um, but this week, um, again, it was, it was... I hate the fact that we had to wait to this Saturday for a game because uh, I wanted to tear back into playing games and get back to, to doing what we do. But... Um, Perhaps it's a good thing in a way because we've been able to take stock, let the energy and the negativity uh, drain out of last week. And um, as the week's gone on, it's been really positive around the training ground. Um, the, everything, the gym sessions, the training sessions, the finishing, has all been high quality. And so I think we're we're back to our freshest, our, our fittest and probably our strongest squad um, that we're going to have at this stage of the season. How how do the players respond in training? I, I know you say it's, it's a positive atmosphere, but they they must look around and they can see that the, there's a big long list of players there. They know there's competition for places. Does that does that make them raise their own game in training, knowing that you know one one poor training performance could be the difference between playing on Saturday or not? It's difficult to answer that question because every player will have a different mentality. Some will fear new players coming in, some will fear making a mistake because what it might cost them their position, etc. But um, I think if I was going to highlight some things from the last couple of weeks, I think whenever you bring new players into a club, there's always like a storming period where people get very unsettled, kind of figuring out where they stand in the pecking order. Uh, and it takes a while for everything to settle down, and as they call them, in the norming stage, and, and then you start performing again. And I think one of the biggest lessons I gave one the players in the last couple of weeks is that Frank out of nowhere start, had a fantastic week's work. I don't know whether it was a change of mindset or the extra work he's been doing with Nick. Um, but he had a fantastic week's training and, 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 and earned the opportunity to start. And that was regardless of the results the week before. So I think that sent a message to everybody from Dan Cow and Connor DeMeo, Adam Hamill, all the way throughout the team. All those players that feel 
while the team's winning and draw, and I'm not going to get in, uh, it sent a message to them that I, I can only judge you on what you've done in games, but more importantly, I'll judge you on what you do in training. Um, and, and if a player comes to me and says, well, why am I not involved this week? Well, I'm going to say you're not trained hard enough. You're not trained well enough. You're not showing me that you can add something to the team. So when our fans see people that they admire from what they've seen previously or what they've seen on video clips of them at other clubs, etc., and, and then wonder why they're not playing, it, I'll just say that when I watch them in training, they haven't done any more than the players who've got their shirts ahead of them. Um, I, I, there's players at this club are like, but there's no favourites. Um, there's people I'll stick with because I trust them, their character and their personality to perform. But I think the biggest lesson the last couple of weeks is that we've seen some players... Um, have a bit of a spin. I talked this week in my programme notes about the aspects of professional that need to be there and that's remaining committed, remaining positive, keep working hard, stay disciplined. And we've had players who've had a wobble and haven't shown those characteristics. And that's to their detriment, not mine, because they fall away from the 16. Uh, if they show positivity, work really hard, um, get, their, get their mentality right and seize the opportunity of training really well and uh, look at the Frank effect and say, well, you know, if I do well, the gaffer will consider me. Um, then that's why I think everything's been so healthy this week and the last couple of weeks is we're starting to come together and everybody feels like that they've got a chance of playing and they all have got a chance of playing. Is now, I mean, I guess any time is really, but is now in particular, now that the winter months are coming, there's some there's some more long games to go to, more, more long travel involved in games coming up and a tough test at the weekend that we'll speak about. Is now the time for that mental strength to, you know, you need your strong players to lead? I think you need them first game of the season, uh, pre-season. You need them the last couple of games when the points might be crucial for all the things that you're trying to achieve that season. So, no, it, it goes on for a while. Um, that's professionalism. It's the longest, you know, football has the longest, hardest season, competitive season, the most most competitive, the longest uh, playing period. Um, you know, so there's so many aspects about football where you need uh, character, concentration, and commitment to stay focused over a long period of time, over a long period of games. And we've got a lot of players that have shown that last year. Um, what we've done recently is obviously strengthen the squad uh, to try and give us a little bit of a lift. Um, and, and we could see the sparks perhaps that Tom Walker created against Hartlepool and the extra little bit of quality and depth that we had to our team and how things have improved over the, the last five results. Um, so we're just looking forward now to the, you know, despite the weather turning and you get some tough nights of training where it's very difficult, tonight we couldn't do an awful lot of shape. We couldn't have lads standing around doing set plays. Just had to keep them moving, keep them warm, get loads of finishing, loads of drills in, loads of movement. And I think they responded really well to that. And there'll be other times when we can coach. But I think most important thing now, I think we want to we wanna get through this next six or seven games um, and come out the other side of Christmas in a really good position where when we, we look forward, we're, we're chasing a top 10 spot, a top, top seven spot. Um, and that, that'll only be possible if we work really hard over the next six or seven games to get those points on the board to still be in touching distance of the playoffs. Well, that, that focus aligns itself on Dagenham and Redbridge at the weekend. Uh, we were speaking just before we came on air. That's a tough challenge. Uh, Dagenham, what do you know about the Daggers ahead of the game? Um, well, a very experienced manager, a good football inside. Um, I think in the, in the lead-up to the previous game, um, they were in a good run of form. Uh, 
obviously like ourselves they had a difficult cup match and got beaten um, and they've had a difficult time since so um, but they've they've like like every team at this level they've got a good manager with a good skill set players of the right ability for all the right positions I think um, look like Woken they'd be working really hard this week with an extra dimension to turn things around and, and get a result here Um I think they're they're slightly different than most of the teams at this level. They're they're fairly clean side. Um, they've got one of the best disciplinary records. Um, uh, they're not built around set plays. They're built around playing football. So it should be a very entertaining game on Saturday. I think you're going to have. We've we've been encouraging our players to be a lot braver in situations. Um, I think sometimes we're, we 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 get forced into rush football and um, and panic football and. And I think we need to show a little bit more quality and craft. And I think that we'll see that from Dagenham. It'll be a good footballing game. And I think, um, despite both teams being out of the FA Cup and playing on this day instead of the, the next round of the FA Cup, it gives both of us a great opportunity to move from that sort of middling position in the league table to in touch and distance of the playoffs with that game in hand. So um, I think both teams will be roaring into the game, looking to win that match, um, to get themselves in a position where they can strike further on. Just give us an idea then. So you were saying before physically that the squad looked good, but how how is the shape going into this going into this game? I'm just looking at your list of players. It's a big old list. You've got the the, the problem, if you like, the selection headache uh, of picking those. But physically, how's the squad looking? Any knocks? Fully fit? No, no, um, not one player's um, mistraining for a knock. Um, you know, on Monday we had a few players wanting more of a recovery than a training session and. Um, you know the, the physical intensity for the lads who didn't play on Monday was lifted. Um, uh, I think people like Conor de Mayo were top of the the running and the sprint distance and work. Um, you know, but that just shows you the the hunger of those players as well. Um, so we've they've all trained really well. Tuesday night and Thursday night again we we added aspects of high intensity, lots of good good data coming off the players, lots of good scores. So. Everybody fire and fit. You know, we're just, the only one we're, we're, we're disappointed is for is Darren. Um, obviously, he's um, we can't wait to see him on the training ground. I think he's a little bit flat at the moment and feeling a bit down because he's um, he's not he's not getting where he wants to get in this current month. But uh, he's the only one missing at the moment. Uh, we obviously we've added Joel Leasy's to the squad, so um, that's a tough one um, because we've had. Uh, Tyler step up and, and get a good bank of games. Ben Jackson's been coming on, having an impact. Um, Adam Hamill's got quality down that side. So that just goes to show you the strength we have on that side of the pitch at the moment. And then on the other side with Sam and Adam under pressure from uh, Dan Cowan and Devante and Keno, you know, is, is, is pushing Paul and Sam hard, Connor DeMeo, Elliot and Tom Walker hard. So really, really good squad at the moment. Um, I just hope that what we've seen this week uh, transpires out the pitch, and I think um, I trust in the eleven and the players that come on that will will give a, a far better account of ourselves um, than Saturday because uh, the fatigue and the, uh, the travel and the, the aches and pains and the strains they won't be there because the lads have had a great week's training. I'm looking forward to them seeing them at their best on Saturday. Uh, just finally, then, Jim, you, you you touched on Darren there. Could we just get an update on on how he's doing, Darren Stevenson? Um, well. Darren's had um, a couple of cracks in his fibula, um, and we were we were hopeful, perhaps optimistic, that he would have been on the training pitch now. Um, but obviously, he's done everything right, and all the progress has been done. But when we had a review with the surgeon, um, the specialist, um, it looked like 
it hadn't healed as as well as we would have expected by this stage. So I think it just it's one of those things where you you know you can't rush them. Um, there's a lot you can do, but you have to let the bones knit and make sure they're fully consolidated before you do anything of major um, you know stresses. Um, so Darren's itching to come back. As I said to him and Luke, the physio, that um, you know the fortunate thing for Darren is that we've got. We've got a lot of good players in on loan now till January. So just to, to ease off and not put yourself under huge pressure, just build up your fitness over the next six or seven weeks. And um, we look forward to seeing Darren back in the new year. Uh, he'll be back on the training ground before then, but but the, the real Darren Stevenson, the one that you know that finished last season so strongly, um, we won't see him to the new year. But that's why we brought in those loan players with Jake Kirby, Darren being out, and Jake Kirby going and... Um, other players dipping in form. Um, we obviously got good quality players in on loan. Um, so, but yeah, Darren, Darren's a, maybe a couple of weeks behind what we would wanted, and that's kind of knocked him back a little bit physically and mentally. But um, but like I said, he's um, he's in great shape physically from the gym. So it'll only be a question of just the specialist giving him the funds up to get get going again. And I think you'll see him flying up and down on the training pitch and and uh, we'll see him back in action soon. Hopefully the weather picks up for the weekend, Jim. All the very best for Saturday. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So, Chris, the Woking result, a hard one to take because they didn't outplay us in any way. But who was your player of the week? Who who did you think put in a good shift there? It's, it's a really interesting question because is there will be people who are getting frustrated and getting annoyed at, um you know why didn't why didn't we offer more up front why didn't this happen why didn't that happen um um Sam Minahan getting man of the match I thought was a, there was a lot of attention on Sam because he was right back against a very uh, lively left winger um I've seen Sam play in better games. If I'm if I'm being honest, I, I like Sam Inahan. He's one he's one of the best, most consistent players we've had at the club since he's come in. So I'm certainly not going to sit here and batter him. But I feel we've seen a bit better from him. Um, people are quite critical of Elliot Osborne. For me, the guy just has a motor that just doesn't give up. It just doesn't stop running. It's always there. It's always going uh, along. But for me, the player of the week this week, not because he did anything to stand out, uh, is Sam Walker. Just because you know what you're going to get from Sam Walker. Now, when, when you've got players like Devante Rodney, who can turn the game on the you know at the flick of a switch, they've got lightning pace, they've got this reputation, this record, and I'm sure it will come at county. Um, you've got players like that, but it doesn't always pay off. It doesn't always work. You've got players like Sam Minahan, who had an okay game, but he was right under the cosh. And he, you know, he, he, he did well uh, to, to sustain the threat for as long as he did. Um, but for me, the guy in the middle of the park, Sam Walker, just getting involved in everything and doing what he does and not looking for any plaudits or whatever, I, th- I feel you need players like that. So for me, Sam Walker gets it this week. So daggers on Saturday. By the way, sorry. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, by the way, usually we would say, if you're listening, but I know he's listening. So I'm just going to pass a message <laughs> out to Richard Landon, who rightly pulled me up for calling a player of the week against Dover a game that I wasn't at <laughs> he told me I shouldn't have done that so Richard I, I was at the game <laughs> on yeah, Saturday yeah. uh, against Wilkins so I, I am qualified to say that one but he does make a fair point yeah. I uh, simply said you can't score a goal from 50 something yards and not get given player of the week which I think is fair yeah it's it's true Yeah, I, I don't think that one 
requires anybody to be at the game, but good to know we've got one <laughs> listener. Uh, Someone that, always looking to pull me up. <laughs> that's the essential thing there. Daggers coming to Edgeley Park on Saturday. Important game. It's another one where County really needs to get back on track. So who's who's the one to watch? The one to watch for me, I think, I, and I think if you if you told me at half past five on Friday that I was going to tell you this, um, I wouldn't have believed you. But I'm going to say Devante Rodney because I believe in the guy. I look at his record, his goal scoring record. You you can't shake a stick at it. You know he went to Halifax last season. I think off the top of my head, it was seven goals in in twelve games. It's a good record for this level. He got himself into the positions just couldn't find the connection. So should he be picked on Saturday, then I think he will have a little bit of a point to prove. I think Jim will have worked with him. He's the kind of, you know, he's obviously been brought in to provide this assistance, if you like, to Frank and Niall. So um, it makes him the one to watch for me. So Chris, you came in tonight and you said, you know what I've always wanted to do? A quiz. I've always wanted to do a quiz. You have, and by that you meant on this podcast. Yeah, about I don't, stop I don't know why I'd not thought about it earlier. So now I'm going to give you the opportunity. I feel like every week we should ask three questions. Quiz me. Quiz you. Stockport County quiz. Um, we'll call it the hat trick. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See what I did there. Yeah. Um, and all you've got to do is respond on whichever platform you came across this podcast this week, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, uh, be it the internet and websites or Mixcloud or whatever. Um, and your three questions every week I'm going to give you, and it should be very, very simple. Uh, you just get in touch and answer the questions. First question, are you ready, Martin? I'm pens ready. Pen, uh, I'm ready. As, the, as uh, Kenny Boxall would say, pens and pencils at the ready. The first question I'm going to ask you is, who was the top scorer in the season of 96-97 for Stockport County? Euro 96 happened in the summer. Did. Before the start of the season. It did. Yeah, it was a great it time. Yeah. Um, 2003-2004 season, who started the season as Stockport County's manager? Interesting. And finally, let's, let's do another top scorer one. I, 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 I like the top you scorer. love a top scorer. I love a top scorer. The season of 92-93, who was the club's top scorer for the season? Do you know, um, I'll fling one back at you, Euro 96. Who won Euro 96? Um, Germany. Germany. And who did they beat in the final? Uh, they beat England in the semis. Yeah, they did. Did they beat Holland? No. Czechoslovakia. Oh, they did. It was yeah. Oliver Bierhoff. It was, yeah, Ollie. Yeah. Oliver, Oliver Pubhouse, yeah. Yeah. And finally, you've... Got some good news. You've got something in, in your pocket there. I do. One for tickets. One for the boxing fans amongst us. Uh, we have two tickets to give away this week to Ultimate Boxer, the heavyweights coming to town on Friday, December the 13th. We have two tickets to give away. Make sure you do get involved in this if you're a boxing fan. It's a terrific tournament. It's live on BT Sport. Uh, there's going to be guests there, celebrities there, boxing world pundits including Amir Khan, Ant Crawler, uh, Paulie Malignaggi and more. All you've got to do, Martin, is retweet the tweet that announces this podcast goes live. That's all you've got to do. How simple is that? Um, if you want to win those two tickets, um, all you've got to do is retweet. You should probably leave me a comment. We're, me and you are not very savvy on social media. So give us a comment and just say that you've done it. And um, yeah, we'll pick a winner next week. And it's at Altringham Ice Rink. It's at Altringham Ice Rink on uh, Ice Rink, uh, Friday the thirteenth of. 
December. And can I just confirm the ice is covered over? It's not boxing on ice because I'd love to see that. No, yeah, that's what it is. That's what, that's the twist. No, yeah, the ice is covered up. <laughs> Great. You remember, you can listen to Mr. John, John Kieran and Mr. Chris Ridgeway commentating on Stockport County versus Dagenham and Redbridge on Imagine One Hundred Four Point Nine this Saturday. Chris, thanks. Muchas gracias.